temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three... Two, one, zero, all engine running. Liftoff, we have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the freshest edition of the Permission Granted Podcast, episode 105. As always, you can download this on its own iTunes feed. Go to iTunes, search Permission Granted, and you will see the podcast there with our four ugly mugs on it. Subscribe for free. It's also available on the normal DA Show iTunes feed as well. And we post it on Facebook and on Twitter during the week. Facebook.com slash The DA Show. Whereas a couple of things here, let's start with Monday night. Began this week, returning to the normally, regularly scheduled time slot. Forgot what you look like. It's good to be back. And we had a rare appearance by Hurricane Jen. Oh, boy. Kind of like a hurricane. Rare. Maybe you get it once a year, but when it blows through, boy, is it dangerous. She said that you have been telling her she's not allowed on the air. Is that true? Yes, with a caveat. Because several times she has called, I would say, late in the show, 9 o'clock hour, and what we got out of her yesterday was the best coherently that we get her out of. I mean, she has called up and within two seconds of saying who she is, has cursed like a sailor. Yeah. And quite frankly, that can't be trusted to be put on the air. And she's been obviously inebriated or or whatever the problems are. (laughs) So as a producer, although I catch a lot of flack and deservedly so for not producing, if you will. Yes. I've had to make several not so tough calls and say, Jen, I just I can't put you on tonight. I just can't do it. So you have run interference on Hurricane Jen multiple times since I've talked to her last. Right. Now, Jen, she'll always be good for the show like a moment she had Monday night if she could laugh. But if I see that we can't get 30 seconds without her dropping an F-bomb or saying something completely that that we have to dump, essentially, I just, you can't be trusted. I can't put you on. Uh-huh. So for what she said, yes, uh, guilty is charged. So do we think that Hurricane Jen is good or bad for the show? Good in doses. Okay. Bad if you uh, if you oversaturate the product. Okay. You know, like there. You, you know, when chain restaurants open up in a town, if you will, and you get you know, well, let's do a Buffalo Wild Wings because they're a sponsor. You know, within uh, I would say a thirty minute drive, if you have three Buffalo Wild Wings, all right, that's good. If you have six Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, it's just too much <laughs> at this point. It, you've oversaturated the market, and then and then they don't do well as a company. If you give me a, a Hurricane Jen, let's say, once every five weeks, I think that's great for the show. It's, oh, here she goes again. But if you're giving me a Hurricane Jen once a week, well, you know what? I think it starts to lose its luster rather quickly. 
So a couple of news and notes on Hurricane Jen. A couple of twib notes, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Number one, I tend to agree. I think she's beneficial for the show. She's good content. She's a good listener. She's interesting, but it has to come in doses. And too much of Jen can be a bad thing. The thing is that she got her nickname because she blows in like a hurricane and blows out. When she comes in, she's coming in red hot. Oh, She likely is going to cry during it, have some type of emotional breakdown. Some sort of emotion will take place. Maybe there is a crying session that leads right into a hysterical laughing session going back to a crying session. <laughs> it's like the eye of the storm. It's really heavy, windy here. The eye, it's all of a sudden a calm and then the heavy winds again. So you never know what you're going to get, and that is always fascinating radio, and I enjoy having her on. However, Hurricane Jen there, as you mentioned, is a total wild card, and sometimes it's incoherent, sometimes it's unintelligible, sometimes she's going to curse, and you just can't have it. So the reason I bring this up is because when we were doing the overnights for the first two years, the Hurricane Jens of the world... (laughs) The fact that those are plural <laughs> tells it all. There were we had a number of people that were real wild cards when they called. Right. And the best was, and the best part of it is that they're not scheduled calls. You never know on any given night what could happen. Right. It's the middle of the night, it's overnight, so it's four thirty eight in the AM and somebody is delirious, they've had too much to drink, they might be on some type of other controlled substances. They are just kind of out there out to lunch. And so we had whack jobs that called us all the time. Now I'm not saying we need more whack jobs because I think the show is good without a ton of whack jobs, but a sprinkle here or there is not bad. And Hurricane Jen, now that we went to a normal time slot, a lot less whack jobs are going to be up at that hour being wacky. Whack jobs are part of what made us who we were at CBS Sports Radio and, and quite frankly, helped the show's success to get moved in a time slot. No doubt about it. So... I bring this up because Hurricane Jen is a little bit of a pinch of what we used to have. It's kind of <laughs> like a little paprika in the sauce. It's it's kind of like when an NFL team wears the throwback jerseys. Hurricane Jen. She's the Bumblebee Steelers uniforms. <laughs> yeah, it's like Thanksgiving jerseys for the NFL. You know, it's it's an homage to a, a previous time and it was a good time, but it has to be in small doses because I do think If all of your chaos comes from Hurricane Jen, it's a little bit too much. And she has the potential. Now that we let her on last night, she's going to call again tonight. I can almost assure she's going to call tonight. I'm going to have to explain, Jen, you know, we had you on last night or anything like this. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. You can't have too much of an oversaturated product, but if we get multiple Hurricane Jens. But here's the thing. There's going to be listeners listening right now that go, oh, maybe it's a way for me to get on more. You can't fake it. It's got to be a natural whack job. We would sniff it out. We would, yes, exactly. Like a good run game, you know? If you're a good middle linebacker coming up into the gap. Yeah. You know, we were duped once with the Will and Baltimore fake 7-Eleven robbery. How could we know that, though? No, we couldn't. But but but, But the point is, we were rookie quarterbacks then, if you will. Right. You know, that was a bad interception we threw. It went viral, the whole deal. <laughs> Not going to make that mistake again. These well, are, this is a grizzled veteran situation now. Our, our antenna is up. No we have, doubt. We have seen that play before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to get baked on a double move. That's no, not going to happen. No, no. 
No. So Hurricane Jen, I appreciate her. One thing that I found interesting last night <laughs> was that she said, I hope your girlfriend gets pregnant. Well, I think that was the defining moment of the show That's- when she says that. And then hopefully it happens by October. That's a very specific date. <laughs> and basically acted like she was stalking you at Saratoga to follow up, which makes it feel like she's got her eyes on your life here. However, she also said she had a drink with you at Saratoga. Yeah, saw me at the bar, which I can say I have never been to Saratoga, New York in my life. Yeah, so maybe she saw somebody that looked like you. Could you imagine some fat bozo with bald hair <laughs> sitting at some bar in Saratoga and up walks Hurricane Jen chatting it up? And maybe that guy was into Hurricane Jen and he acted like he was me. You know, that could have been a situation oh, yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. And then she's fooled. So it's either that, that Hurricane Jen just saw somebody that looked like you, or that Hurricane Jen creates all types of potential scenarios in her mind. Hearing Hurricane (laughs) Jen talk, not that I'm a psychologist or a psychiatrist, I've seen enough law and order to know that that's probably possible. That they live in an alternate reality where they have imaginary friends and an imaginary life, and it's scary and sad, but at the same time, it, it could be for an amusement. Well... The thing is, it's realistic enough for her to have been at Saratoga because that's just outside of Troy, New York. I mean, right, she but, lives... but while she's at Saratoga imagining. Yes, right. Almost like uh, if you were a Pokemon in the Pokemon Go game. Ah, augmented reality. Augmented reality. Like she's throwing out her Pokeball to catch it there. And in her mind, she's got, she's got a DA here. Yeah. You know? Yeah, augmented reality. I think that's possible because it's only about 35, 45 minutes from, from where she lives. So she could distinctly be at Saratoga that moment. I think she was at Saratoga because she made a specific reference to a horse, Frosted, that won. And I know Frosted raced in the Kentucky Derby, so I'm sure Frosted has trotted up to Saratoga at some point this year. You'd think. And uh, I would imagine she probably won money on that, and that's why it stuck out to her. Okay. Like, it wasn't like she just, you know, said Seabiscuit. She gave you a horse that was racing in Saratoga that's this fair. summer. That's fair. That's fair. Topic B. Okay, B block. Jolton Joe D'Aloisio is oh. out tonight. Boy. Apparently got real sick by the end of the show yesterday. Had some type of flu that he came down with, so he's out tonight. He looked like living hell when I left here after Monday night show. He he had his head down on the desk. His condition was deteriorating almost by the half an hour last night. I would say like halfway through the show. So I bring this up because he told us the story of his wild night in Atlantic <laughs> City over the weekend when him and his boys went down to AC, and he got mixed up in some bad girl, Damon, and, you know, there was – there was the lipstick on the shirt, and his mom found out. And anyway, you know, he, those guys, who knows what they do. No rules apply no, down there, especially just, when you go to Atlantic City with your boys like that. And his boys are just he, they're a different breed. pure savages. Right. They have one thing on their mind. I think we all know what that is. Do you think that he contracted whatever he has now with his rendezvous or vus over the weekend in A.C.? I think you would have to absolutely say yes, because if you look at the incubation period, he gets sick Monday evening, approximately when we go on the air, 6 p.m. Eastern. Wasn't showing signs of it when he first showed up at work at 2. (laughs) No concussion-like symptoms. (laughs) He first meets a a girl in Atlantic City approximately 4 p.m. Eastern time. You're really deep into the night of. I actually (laughs) – this is the night of. I'll play in the game. Uh, Saturday. So it was approximately 50 hours to the moment he would have first, um, you know, hung out with whatever. Or contracted whatever contracted. 50 hours later, suddenly this thing has sprouted in him and done whatever. I think that is more than enough time 
for that to have been the situation. And I don't think it would have been a day earlier or a day later. I think the time is just right that whatever he got, he got from that Atlantic City boardwalk. So I agree because, number one, Joe keeps himself in really good shape. So oh, yeah. He's working out all the time. He eats really well all the time. He's just the, the paragon of health. And in the middle of the summer, you just come down with, like, this huge head cold randomly out of nowhere. Number two, if you've ever been to Atlantic City, it's Skis Fest USA. It's, it's exactly what it is. And casinos in general just harbor tons of germs and tons of, of sicknesses because – most of them don't have windows. You're touching a lot of common things, cards, poker chips, tables, uh, slot machines. Your hands are all over everything. Stale cigarettes in the air. Yes. Oh, and just so buffets. No- you're eating at buffets. Yeah. Those are bad, bad news, too. Casinos in general are terrible Petri dishes for sicknesses. And then, and then AC is like the bottom of the barrel for that type of... It's like jumping into a, <laughs> literally a Petri dish. And then to add on top of it, I mean, Joe D is probably hanging out with some skeezy women over there as well. Right. I mean, most women, you know, to be honest, if you're in a bachelorette party or something like that... That's a not shower for a couple days situation going on down there. <laughs> he might have been in communal pools. He could have been certainly in the ocean over there oh, and, and on the beach. Walking on that sand barefoot. That's not like exactly going to the most beautiful beach in the world. And then as you said, the timing. Now, also, he stayed up way late drinking both of those nights. So that right. could wear down your immune system. But like you said, the incubation time, he comes back on Sunday at some point, And by Monday night, he has had this kind of hellish head cold that just destroyed him and he's he went from fine at 6 p.m eastern to by 10 30 eastern could barely like walk yeah and he specifically called me this morning and we're taping this on tuesday called me tuesday morning to tell me he wouldn't be in work as if i'm his boss or anything like that and you could hear it in his voice he did not sound like joe i it almost sounded like he had been kidnapped and somebody was telling me joe wouldn't be at work Mm -hmm. today did not sound right i'm worried about him and more importantly i'm worried about us because he's about to squeeze some tomatoes and make some sauce on Wednesday. And if he's in that kind of condition, do we trust the sauce? I think it's so good, it's worth the risk. It's a risk-reward. And But I'll, I'll tell you this. I bet that his mom won't let him anywhere near the sauce if he's contagious. You know... She's... I mean, it sounds like she's very professional with the details. She is. However, she's, you know, Italy off the boat, the whole deal. Have you ever been to some of these Italian restaurants where they're like the old school Italians? Not a lot of glove wearing in the food situation. True. And this is, it's not like they can move this around. Like this is the day they have the tomatoes ready. It's the day they're picked. Some tells me Joe gets to work and they're not wearing gloves no matter what. And I think that's the old school Italian method behind it. I think we're getting, we're getting hoochie mama squeezed tomatoes here with some kind of hoochie mama virus. If he's sniffling and coughing and... He's all mucusy. I don't think he's going to let him anywhere near the tomatoes, but he might have already contaminated some of the tomatoes. Oh, that's a good point. Or something, even if they don't have the tomatoes. It's like the movie Outbreak. It's just spreading everywhere. Yeah, you don't know. Now, I will say, when I worked at Subway, they allowed us to t- to handle the bread and the cookies pre-proofing and pre-oven barehanded. You didn't have to wear oh, gloves when you did it. So Be- gross. It's not against health violations. Because they say when when the oven gets up to 350 or whatever like that, it, it kills the germs, in essence, yeah. that you would have. So if we're heating the sauce and cooking the sauce properly when it comes to us, hopefully it kills whatever hoochie mama neurovirus he has. 
Is the D'Aloisio family tomato sauce better than the sauce used on the meatball sub at Subway? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, better than the microwaved Ziploc bag they make shoes at Subway? Yes, I would say it's much better. Is that how it comes? It, it comes in like basically a, a plastic <laughs> giant, almost like a freezer bag. Yeah. But without like that, without the zip seal, you have to cut it open. And you just like cut a corner open, and the, and the sauce basically just starts flopping out. Oh, like there's nothing to oh. it. It's kind of chunky, oh. and then you have to put it in like a liner in uh, like a what they call a cambro, which is like a tray uh, or like a deep dish, if you will. And then you heat it. And by the way, you're not heating that in a, in a pot on a stove. You're heating it in the microwave. Yeah. And then you're like adding water with the meatball. It's if you ever really saw how a Subway meatball was made or like the whole product, you would never order them again. I'm sorry, you just wouldn't. Is that the one that? in your mind, is the sketchiest of the sandwich meats? Oh, the tuna. It's a rough go of it. (laughs) I, to this day, won't go near tuna. I won't smell it. If you eat Subway tuna and you've ever been sick, uh, it's easy to point the finger. The Subway tuna is not a good situation. How does the tuna come? All right, the tuna... In a bag? The tuna comes in a similar pouch that's refrigerated, okay? (laughs) You cut it open, and the tuna spills out into a bowl, almost like a, a giant brick. Okay, it's a giant brick of tuna, and then you have to just simply mix it with mayo. Like you have the same floppy bag of mayo you pour in on top of this chunk, and then because everybody at Subway is lazy, they go in there barehanded to the tuna. They don't use gloves because now you have to break apart this brick of tuna and get it like kind of like fine, like you would like for starfish tuna or whatever, all while mixing the mayo in there. So everybody's bare hands of tuna are just breaking up this brick and mixing it with mayo. And then you just flop it on there like it's Billy Madison, extra sloppy for you. And there are these people ordering every time. I love the Subway tuna. If you saw what happened behind the wall with that Subway tuna, I promise you, you would never order it again. I fear tuna to this day because I worked at Subway. So are there, but there must be other things that people put their bare hands into when they're working at Subway. That can't be the only thing. No, but that's, but you got to understand, like that involves, you're working it it with your bare hands. You know what I mean? Like whatever you have done with your hands that day is fish. So you're just getting fishy hands and you're working at it. Like like you're a masseuse. You're supposed to be wearing gloves at that point. Yes, but I could tell you that at least at our Subway, and I worked at two Subways, they tell you the gloves day one, and by day two of you making the tuna, you're not in there because it just slows you down because the mayo weighs down the glove and pulls the glove off. So it becomes a whole scene. You know you just have to get in there with your bare hands, and then your hands smell like fish for two days. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's the worst. Don't order Subway tuna. <laughs> oh, man. We'll never get a Subway sponsorship or an endorsement <laughs> ever. I gave him 10 loyal years. I don't need the sponsorship. <laughs> Ever. But your Subway War stories, I think, are your best material. It's what I'm most excited about talking a about. A decade. I spent a decade a decade as a sandwich <laughs> artist slinging subs. I know what I know what it's all about. I know everything there is to know about Subway. I used to, I represented our stores at, at, like, district meetings. So I know everything from, like, how the upper business of Subway works to the ground floor of mopping the floors. Anything you need to know about Subway, I know after 10 hard years. That was, like, your 10-year career, right? It oh, was, no question. You spent 10 years with the Denver Broncos. And right. That was your and I've seen the highs of highs <laughs> and the lowest of lows. And I developed some great relationships there, but also I've seen a lot of gross things. <laughs> All right. You you wrapping up here, side B, with another in uh, the night of recap? Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. First of all, we're going to need your Twitter help and know whether I was in the wrong in a situation with my wife this weekend. Okay. And then uh, the final 10 minutes you'll hear on side B, James Ward, we have not on the phone, in studio because Jolton Joel D'Aloisio is out. And we have to talk about the night of as we head into the last episode here. Yeah, I'm hooked as well. I'm all in as well. Can't wait for the final episode. 
Little cliffhanger action going on. All right, very good. That is side B, and that happens now. Hello, and welcome into side B of the Permission Granted podcast. This is Mraz, the executive producer of the DA Show, joined for the first time in a long time in studio for the Permission Granted podcast taping by James Pretty Boy Ward. James, what's happening? Not much, Shawnee Boy. How you doing? It feels good to actually be here and get to record the pod in studio. I'm used to the way you sound over the phone, so it's a little bit of an upgrade through my nice uh, Sennheiser headphones. How about that? He's getting a plug-in, so James Ward knows how to work it. Well, the reason you're here, we were going to try to do what we did last week and have you over the phone with Joe in studio and kind of do the three-person volley. little three-way. You liked it the first time, huh? <laughs> I liked the three-way. I liked the three-way, but Joe... Uh, last night, or uh, I should say, we were taping this on Tuesday. So whenever you're listening to this, we are taping this on Tuesday, August 23rd. The year is 2016. <laughs> on Monday evening, August 22nd, Joe was in studio, uh, obviously working the show. was very funny, talking about the weekend he had in Atlantic City and his mother finding the lipstick on the collar and the whole deal. But as the night wore down, Joe was turning a bit green, looked uh, no worse for wear, and called me this morning specifically to tell me he would not be in tonight. So, A, that alarms me because Joe ran into some silly antics, you know, hanging with Hoochie Mamas in Atlantic City. Lots of pictures with Joe and his shirt off over the weekend. Right, so it's a no wonder he uh, came down with something, and and I just don't want to come down with anything. But number two, instead of trotting out uh, any, you know, a Big Red or or a Kaplan or other guys who we've had come fill in. Billy Jacqueline. They called James Ward out of the bullpen on on his day off because James Ward's a full-timer who works with us, obviously, Wednesday, Thursday on the show, call you in on a Tuesday, and you're going to take the trade-off here. You're coming in on the day off. Yeah, it's a good trade-off for me, not to pull a Scott Farrell, but I have a big rec league playoff basketball (laughs) game tomorrow, (laughs) and I had to take off my Wednesday anyway, so instead of working tomorrow and taking that day, I am working today instead, so it's a clean slate. I work a five-day work week. I don't have to burn any vacation time. So that works out good. So James Ward actually gets blessed because Joe Joe D'Aloisio was doing who knows what in Atlantic City and get sick. Yeah, Joe gets sick and I'm reaping the benefits. Works for me. Now, did you have any plans disrupted today as far as hanging out with your fiance Aurora, anything like that? Nothing extensive. Tuesday nights, I usually eat pork chops. I'm a big... (laughs) (laughs) I love how that's the disruption. Well, I'm not going to get my pork chops here. Hey, I'm a big routine guy. Tuesday nights, I like hitting the gym and I like eating pork chops. Aurora and I call it Pork Chop Tuesdays. And I texted her before, and she was like, "Oh, you oh, made it to work no. all, all. You made it to work in time and everything." And I was like, "Yeah, I made it in time." But I feel like my routine's a little disrupted. We're not going to eat pork chops. I'm not going to go to the gym. I got a lunch that I got a dinner that I got to heat up in the microwave. It feels like a Wednesday. It doesn't feel like a Tuesday. So a little bit out of sorts. But she promised me we can eat pork chops tomorrow. So I think I'll be okay. Okay, so just to clarify and get down to the nuts and bolts of what James Ward just said, him and his fiance have something called Pork Chop Tuesdays. <laughs> we also have Steak Fridays, too. I mean, what is going on here? What a disgrace. <laughs> I like routine, okay? I'm, I'm a listen, creature of habit. I'm a creature of habit, too, but just calling something Pork Chop Tuesdays. Now, I don't think I'm going to be getting any pork chops anytime soon, and I need to ask you, and I need to ask the listeners this permission in a podcast— if I was in the wrong or if my wife overreacted to an incident at home over the weekend. Now, will you, your wife be hearing this? Because that might change my stance of how I react. She will not. The good thing about my wife, well, I, maybe the good thing for me, my wife is very into the Snapchat, the Instagram, and she'll check Facebook. 
has no love for Twitter, doesn't even have a Twitter account, doesn't have anything. So when this gets tweeted out and, and any of our followers see it or anything like that, she has no way of tracking the stuff that's tweeted. Could it pop up on the Facebook page? Sure, I guess, but I'm going to hope that slips through the cracks. You're def- When you post this on the internet, it's not going to say, Mraz tells a funny story about his wife on it, right? That'll be buried in the cracks of the pod. I would hope so, but DA does a lot of the labeling on these permission credit podcasts, so we'll, <laughs> we'll see what he says. But So I'm going to run this scenario by you real quick, okay? All right. All right, everybody knows if you're a big man or even if you're a man, heavier men like myself, a little chunkier, would understand. The summertime comes around, and if you're in a southern state or out west and it's summertime all year round, hey, I'm jealous of you, all right? I do a lot of beach. I do a lot of pool. I'm constantly wet the whole deal. When you do these things, you tend to get what I call chub rub, okay? It's where your thighs rub together. A little chafage. It's a chafage. It gets very burny on your thighs, the whole deal, Okay. I go through Johnson's baby powder the way a normal human being goes through water over the summer, okay? I love, you know, taking care of the situation down there, the whole deal. A little powder, not a lot of sweat, try to get rid of some of that rub. Right. So what what I'll do is, you know, I'll take a shower, I'll dry off, and then I'll take the towel and I'll put a little baby powder on the situation, on the towel, and then I'll, you know... Yeah, just you know, smack it around. Almost like uh, a girl in a fashion show getting, you know, the cover-up pouted onto her face. A little, little feathering. A little feathering done to my area, if you will, with gotcha. the baby powder. Now, I don't mind that happening. What I'll usually do is I'll take the towel and I'll, you know, this is my towel, whatever. I, you know, I'll, I'll flip it over and I'll dry off the next time. I, I don't need to use the same. I don't need to get a different towel every time I shower, you know. Now, do you, do you get it wet? Uh, yeah, usually wet, but I'll dry it off. I'll hang it on the back of the door so it air dries. By the next time I shower 24 hours later, I usually go through about two showers before I wash a towel. Okay. Okay? All right. So I think that's fair. So what happened here is my wife has really had a problem with me doing this, and she's told me, you know, stop it. So I usually let her know it's my towel. Sunday night, we're watching The Night Of, which we're going to get to in a sec. Yes. After The Night Of comes the show Ballers, which... No offense, I think the show has stunk this season, but I watch anyway. That is the time every Sunday night my wife likes to shower so she can, you know, sleep a little later on Monday morning before she gets back into the Monday work routine. She wakes up, obviously, a little earlier than I do. She comes out of the showers I'm watching bowlers on Sunday night. (laughs) Bowlers. Bowlers, whatever. And I hear her basically, you know, scream. You know, know, we have tenants upstairs, or, or I guess I'm the tenant or whatever, and she screams, Sean! Uh, and, you know, now I'm in that mood where I'm just trying to watch my show. What? What? What do you want? What? She comes out, James, like a scene from Scarface. <laughs> She's got powder all over her face. And she knows damn well where that powder on that towel is from. And, and where it's been. And where it's been. And there's no lie I can come up with because I know damn well where that powder's from. Because this has been an ongoing argument where she could see the powder. So the problem was she got out of the shower. There was no, she didn't have a towel previously hanging. You know, we used to go through two runs. Right. So she went to use the towel there, which was my towel, not thinking that I basically, you know, brushed up the boys downstairs with it. <laughs> and in the one area in which there was, like, the most powder left on the towel, she smacked herself in the face <laughs> like she had just hit a walk-off home run and got cream pie. Like LeBron with the talcum. <laughs> right. She comes out. I'm telling you, the face is covered in powder. It looked like, you know, it, she looked like a Zeppeli, if you will. <laughs> Little funnel cake. So immediately I'm laughing now, and this isn't helping my cause because she's not laughing because this has been an ongoing fight. She wanted me to sleep in another room. She was furious with me. She told me she's asked me numerous times, and if it happens again, I'm going to be in serious big trouble. She wouldn't tell me what the serious big trouble is. Now, my question is, 
this has to be on my wife, right? She has to look at the towel before she dries off and see some kind of powder on it and not use it. She can't be so oblivious. It can't be on me. I'm allowed in my own home to use my towels however I want them. I understand that we're living together, but she's got to have a little uh, vision there, doesn't she? Now, let me ask you a question. Okay. You hang your towel in the same spot every time. Well... You know, I'm not going to act like I live in a grand palace, but on the back of the bathroom door, we have, like, a towel rack, if you will. Okay. Uh, and there's, like, four hooks. So, I mean, what's there is basically she has, like, two bathrobes and usually, like, two towels go up there. There was only one towel there because whatever her towel is, she had thrown in the hamper. So she went to use the only one hanging. So she had to have known that wasn't from her. That was from me using I always hang my towel up on the shower. On the shower. Aurora always hangs her towel up on the one towel rack, so it's a clear line of who's is who. I see. I don't want to hang up on the shower because I feel my shower drips a little bit. I feel like it's just going to get wet. And it's not going to properly dry. But you're saying that she had to have known that it was your towel. Well, here's the thing: if you saw the amount of powder that ended up on her face, <laughs> it wasn't like a smidge. Like like when I tell you, like it wasn't like she had a dot on her nose. I mean, her face was covered like you know a pizza man slapped the dough on the counter and there was flour everywhere. Oh, so if you pick up that towel and it smacks you in the face like that and you don't see it coming, I think that's on you. I don't think I should be yelled at or in trouble for that. I have to lean towards you in this case, Thank and you. you know I'd be fair and biased, and maybe even lean a little bit towards toward Danielle's opinion on this. But I think that you are completely in the right. Thank she you. She should have known that it was your towel. You can do whatever you want with your towel, whether it's, you know, rubbing yourself down with some some powder. And by the way, a necessity, too. Otherwise, I'm going to be shaved for the summer. Eh, you know, I don't yeah. need that. <laughs> so I'm completely backing you on this. I think that she should have known that it was your towel. You could do whatever you want with your towel. And she should have looked at it first. Like, how exactly do you get your entire face covered in powder before you realize? Seriously, it's almost like she wanted to enjoy... Uh, you know, and not for powder, nothing, but so the Johnson and Johnson powder smells. It smells like powder. Well, it doesn't smell like powder after where it was. After where it was. Well, then it doesn't smell good. Yeah, well, that's her own problem. Again, I think this is on her. So if you think I'm right or wrong, please tweet at myself and James Ward. You can check out James Ward CBS. Check out me at Mraz CBS. Now we also want your Twitter thoughts on the night of, which we're going to get to right now. So that was just spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. We are one. We're down to this now. We're heading into this Sunday will be the finale of the night of. We found out it will be an hour and 45 minutes airing at 9 p.m. on HBO. 9 p.m. Eastern on HBO. Okay. Um, I think it actually airs at 9 p.m. on HBO everywhere. Right. That's why you, the people on the West Coast get really upset if you tweet out. But don't they get like HBO? Like I get HBO West on my cable as well. Like I That's HBO like a and different HBO channel. It's a different channel, but you don't. Wouldn't the people on, out in the West Coast have HBO East, where they could watch things three hours earlier? I don't think so. I don't think that's how. Well, it that's works. not fair. So we get to double dip. And we get to watch it first. Oh, sorry, people. On the that's West one Coast. of the benefits of living on the East Coast. One of the many benefits of living on the East Coast. Well, regardless of this, as we head into the finale, I thought this episode was interesting from the standpoint of we got a lot of the court jargon and uh, the pleasantries and the and the hocus pocus nature of it. Now, the important stuff that I think was kind of rushed over rather quickly in this episode was, A, the very first scene, James, I don't know if you agree, uh, when there's another woman that Box is, is investigating or at the crime scene of, and he makes note that, oh, this is very similar to Andrea Cornish's Right, case. this is a similar case. Where are all the reporters? Where are all the reporters? Okay. There's no reporters there. There's no anything. That at least leaves you, the viewer, wondering, oh, is there a serial killer on the loose? that is doing this and Nas is sitting in prison. They never go back to that at any time. That's on purpose. Okay, that's on purpose. So that could tie in. My question to you is, uh, because I have two theories on this. I think it could be Dwayne Reed. I don't think it's the stepfather in this body situation. Maybe Dwayne Reed's the stepfather. Or 
the episode prior to this one, in explaining why he's in Rikers Island, Freddie mentions, because Rikers Island, as we discussed, is only, you know, a one-year prison, that he had his boys put another body on him, quote-unquote, because it didn't matter, and that's how he got, was awaiting trial for that. Does Freddie like Nas enough that he had his friends, quote-unquote, put another body uh, to make it look like Nas couldn't have committed this while he was in prison? That's interesting. I never thought about it that way. I think that makes some sense. It could be another another body described exactly the way that Andrea was killed. So maybe it's it's a way for Freddie to get... It's Freddie looking out for Nas. Freddie looking out for Nas. That's interesting. I never thought about that. That was a theory I had thought of. Or it could make sense that it's Dwayne Reed again. I think the Dwayne Reed ship has kind of come and gone. I think it, they put him out there just as another guy. I think that's lurking here for the finale, man, because they made, they made reference to him in court. That, you know, kind of box was like, oh, who is this Dwayne Reed? He thinks he's a joke or whatever. And the stepfather thing is still not out because he's on to Totoro following him now. Right. Like, and, they spent a lot of time on that. And how about the, the stepfather assaulting him? Right. Which and, and I found it interesting that in court, when Chandra brings up who Box did not investigate, she brings up the Hearst driver and she brings up Dwayne Reed, and Box has no idea about either. And it kind of shows Box's shady, shoddy, shady, shoddy detective work. She doesn't make mention of what her and Totoro now know about the stepfather, or maybe just Totoro knows about the stepfather and basically him trying to get money from these women. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be, I think it would be not not a good idea for Totoro to not share what he knows about the stepfather with Chandra. So right. You, I think so she has to be back saving. On something? Because the defense never actually rested. They're still, the next... The next episode, the season finale, will have more of the trial and more of the cross-examination and the defense witnesses up there. It's going to be, and you can't really say it because you don't really know what's going to all tie in. This is all guesswork. Now, if I can, I don't know if you felt the same way because I discussed this with DA in the newsroom and Joe in the newsroom on Monday. Two things, for the first time in the seven episodes of the show, bothered me, and they came from this episode. Okay. Number one. Not, not the feet. Not the feet. No, no mention of no. the feet this no, episode. I mean, that was great. I mean, as far as, like, the show didn't need to go there, as I, as I get a text here very loudly. Okay. Who has a, who has a, a sound on for their texts? Uh, I do. You don't just have vibrate only? No, I don't. I don't. Do I need the text going off? That's a bad job by you. Line? Okay. Anyway, James, the two things that bother me about this show, this episode. Number one, the inhaler thing. That's how they get Box to come back and he's subpoenaed and the whole deal. If that happens and he removes that from the crime scene case, isn't the case thrown out in real life? Right. They could they could actually throw the case out. It was like the judge said nothing about that. She didn't there was no big reveal or anything. You know, Box just got to defend him doing that and they went up out their merry way. Like that should have been a big moment in the case and the show, you know, kind of built up like it was gonna be and then it wasn't. I'll tell you this. A thing that, that always bothered me about the inhaler when they went back to it, there's no blood in the there's inhaler. There's no blood on it. The blood it looks as if like Nas had the inhaler on him, and the real killer to set up Nas puts it down there. That's what I thought the first episode. And that's clear in the picture. How is that not brought up? Right. So I don't know if they're saving that, but there's no blood on the inhaler. There's blood everywhere else. And they've st- and this isn't one of the things that added bother me. They've still made no mention of the fact that everybody keeps going, maybe it was Nas, as they say, where he throws the soda can, you find out all this stuff. He has no blood splatter on him in a crime scene where the whole room is sprayed in blood. Right. How does Nas not have any blood? Zero spl- blood. He you has know? blood on his hand from the wound that he got breaking the glass. And if you're going to tell me that somehow in that days he managed to strip down and, and get in Andrea's shower... What? Like he would and be- especially the witness across the street saw him break in, right? And then that's when he supposedly killed her, and then left. So the the whole timeline of everything doesn't make it's sense. Like they, they didn't investigate that properly at all. So I, there's no blood splatter that bothers me. 
The second thing that really bothered me from this episode, and maybe it ties in because they made a point of showing how it could, is, you know, as Americans, because this show stems from a show that was on the BBC in England, yes. okay? Yep. Uh, Criminal Injustice or something like that. Yep. As Americans, are we that big of suckers that we need to have a love story and everything? Do I need Chandra making out with Nas there? Like, there's no purpose for that. You unless, don't need that. Unless it's a major thing. If that becomes a major player in the finale. It will. Then shame on this show. Because it shouldn't have to go there with this. We don't need that. The show was good enough not to need the kiss and the romantic moment. It's going to come out because if you remember at the end of it, the camera. So I don't know. I don't know enough about that. If whether the trial can be thrown out. Because I don't of know. The- I don't think it's a problem for a lawyer because I, I think in the past, I think that could only work to Nas's advantage because if Nas gets found. Um, guilty, and guilty. then they could say that he didn't have a fair trial or right, whatever. He could say incompetent defense right. because she was in love with him or whatever. Right. I don't think that could work against Nas. I think it could work for Nas. But I, I mean, I we don't need that. The no. show, you could write the show without doing that. I, that bothered that me. That was always my fa- my least favorite thing in some of these superhero movies that they used the to have. Story. The love story. You don't need it. Just just give us the action. Give us the the plot. Give us the story. Give us the blood. Like we don't need this stuff. It's so weak. So weak. So that's where we're at. We're looking forward to hour 45 minutes. So next week on the Permission Granted podcast, after we've watched the full hour 45 minutes, and this series is all you know tied up like a bow. Hopefully we get Joe, we get James, maybe even we'll bring Berman in here. We'll have a big side beat breaking down the night of, and, uh, and, and the show will be a wrap, and then we're officially out of football season. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Well, James Ward on uh, James Ward CBS on Twitter. Mraz CBS here with me. Enjoy the night of. And remember, when I powdered my junk, am I in the wrong? Or is my wife in the wrong? We want your tweets, and I need to know if I'm in the right in defending myself. I'm defending you, so that means the majority of our listeners should defend you as well. I appreciate that, James. Have a great week, everyone. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The Step Back 3, you bet! Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.